Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm doing okay. Why, why'd you say I wasn't? <laughs> you don't live in a dystopian hellscape or anything? I literally just said, are you ready? I didn't ask you. <laughs> Nobody said you're not okay. Oh, I'm okay. <laughs> Who said I wasn't? Um, nope, nobody at all. Nobody at all, love. How are you doing? I'm doing. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't been stuck inside for six months as the world crumbles around us. So honestly, the content matter, or the content matter of today's episode might come from the fact that the past six months have felt a little bit like a repeat of one hellish... Strange day. Oh, buddy. Um, <laughs> I've just never watched Groundhog's Day from the perspective you wanted us to watch it from. <laughs> it's the only one I've ever seen it in. You fucked me up, D. Sweden. I'm sorry, man. So, so the reason we're here officially is that I, um, I'd several months ago, maybe, maybe a couple years ago, I said in passing to Sam, yeah... Groundhog Day is a horror movie, <laughs> and I've wanted to defend, I've wanted to make my case ever since, basically, and um, I think now that Sam has seen it in that lens, he probably, I don't know if you agree with me, and like, I understand why it's like definitely a comedy, but that's because it was like, it was released in um, 1993, and now we like genre movies as, we categorize movies as dark comedies, and I think it definitely would have been categorized as that now. But at the time, it was just a straight-up comedy, and I think that's a misgenreing of that fucking movie, because it's a horror movie. Groundhog Day is a horror movie. Okay, the only way it's not a horror movie is, like, the only way you could even argue that would be in the way that some people will argue that, like, that, like, Silence of the Lambs isn't horror because there's nothing, like, supernatural in it. Or... The, like, do you, do you yeah, know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I know exactly. Like, it's clearly a fucking horror movie, but it's billed as a comedy. Yeah, and the thing is, like, I understand, like, there are, I think now we're seeing more and more of it where you don't really, like, a movie can be all things because, like, people are dynamic and they're, like, movies are usually about people. So it makes sense when, like, a, a horror movie has some, like, really funny scenes in it. Like, there are some hilarious scenes in Us. Um, I think it was like our second or third episode we did Us and um, that's a horror movie. It's really scary but there are some really funny scenes in it and I like think of movies like that and movies even just like of like 21 Jump Street being a comedy but being an action movie. Like things like like Pineapple yeah. Express comedy but an action movie. Like yeah. just that genre bending idea here I think was done. Harold Ramis I think did that before his time. Mm -hmm. in general but this movie particularly i don't even know if he meant it as a horror movie but this shit is so dark you guys like way darker than you think it is yeah and but just to, uh, just to sorry to talk over you just to no. jump on the um scary movies that are secretly really funny mm -hmm. um i rewatched midsummer the other day oh, yeah. and like that movie <laughs> is dark and it's disturbing but it also has jokes and it's really funny if you can like Put yourself in that frame. Like, there are... <laughs> 
It's hard. To, there, there's a joke about Austin Powers that makes me really, really laugh oh in that movie. Oh my gosh, I always forget about that. And it's that's the thing that was like, even, I would even argue that Hereditary has a, not as much as Midsummer because Midsummer it's a little bit easier to pass off in, but Hereditary has a sprinkle or two of these like really, really dark scenes being still a little bit funny. Hereditary is one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. You couldn't convince me in a million years those old people at the end weren't supposed to be at least a little bit funny. <laughs> Alright, okay. I... I... I'll concede to that. But anyway, um, <laughs> you felt like really, really strongly about like how dark Groundhog's Day is and how like much of kind of just this purgatory based kind of horror movie it is for a really long time. I remember like a few days ago I wanted to put it on just because we knew we were going to be recording about this mm -hmm. and you didn't want to watch it before we went to bed. And like, I just didn't know it. Like... <laughs> Groundhog Day had you like that, to be honest with you. It's, okay, and it's not like I was like, oh, Bill Murray's going to come out and get me in the middle of the night. Like, it wasn't like... like Satani Phil's <laughs> under my bed! Like, Satani Phil's under my bed. No, it wasn't like anything like that. It was literally just like, I couldn't put myself in that amount of anxiety and then go to sleep. Because it's just... He... Okay, one of... Argument one for me of like why it's at least partially a horror movie is... He is in so much despair from the from the first day that it repeats. By the way, spoiler alert, Groundhog's Day is about him repeating the same day over and over again. Sorry about it. It's yeah. 17 years old if that's a spoiler. Yeah, I'm are really we going to just like describe the movie at all? I mean, we'll get there eventually. We'll get there eventually. Um just for anybody who hasn't seen it. Yeah, yes, yeah, I guess there might even be there were people who were not born that have iPhones that or have phones in general or have podcast listening materials or like listen to podcasts who were born after this and that to me as someone who's like newly in their 30s is still kind of mind-boggling so it like yeah. makes me laugh so do you want me to give like a summary of it do you want to do a summary of it how do you want to do it i do think you have a really good point though i think i'm starting to do that thing where i'm getting really caught up in talking about the actual movie itself so um can you give us a synopsis of groundhog's day Starring Bill Murray, 1993. <laughs> okay. Again, we've talked about this a little bit, about he's a um, meteorologist from, we're assuming Philadelphia, yeah. though it makes sense. Um, every year, he is assigned to um, cover the Groundhog's Day fe Festival in Pensatucky, Pennsylvania. Punxsutawney. Punxsutawney. What? Oh, my God. <laughs> Punxsutawney. Um, Pens Pensatucky's from Orange is the New Black. Oh, I mean, like, have I been saying that the whole time? No, 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 no. You just said it this one time, okay. which is actually really funny. But go ahead. Okay, so they go to Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, to um, cover <laughs> the um, Groundhog's Day ceremony the town has been doing, I guess, for a long time. It's a big deal. Um, he goes out with um, his cameraman and his producer, mm -hmm. which Andy um, McDowell. Andy McDowell? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it is Andy McDowell, huh? Yeah. I just keep calling her not Elaine Venice. Yeah, I know, because of, because you saw her hair and you were like, it's Julie Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, but close. And then uh, Roland Shit himself, Mr. Cabin Boy himself. I know. Who was way more handsome as a younger... I mean, he's... I feel bad. For, I don't mean to say it like that, but, like, he was... Way hand, more handsome than I expected him to be as a young man, now knowing, like, Roland shit. Buddy, Chris Elliott's the man. Yeah, Chris yeah. Elliott is the man. He's a unique little angel, isn't he? <laughs> so, they're out in Pensat 
Puxitani. <laughs> um, why can I not think of this famous movie star's name that we just watched a movie about? Bill Murray? Bill fucking Murray. Yeah. Thank you. You're so, welcome. Um, Bill Murray, also named Phil in this movie, uh-huh. which is... I, oh, yeah. I feel like oh. gives it way more of a, like, Black Lodge. Like, oh, creepy, I didn't even think creepy about connotation. that. He's kind of an asshole. Um, he's very unlikable, doesn't want to have dinner with his crew, is, like, really condescending to the town people, complains about where they put him. It's kind of half-asses his job. Like, really wants to get his crew out of town right after they finish. As quickly but, as possible. Yeah, but there's yeah. a blizzard, and there's all these problems. So anyway, through whatever a certain turn of events, he gets stuck in a time loop repeating Groundhog's Day for, I mean, so okay. from anywhere from six months to a thousand years. Yeah, so I mean, before, what are we talking? Here's the thing. Before we watched the movie, we you asked me this question, and then we had a very different view after. So before we watched the movie, I said I thought, okay, if it's the six weeks between early winter and late winter... Then maybe he's, I'm, I always assumed he was there for about six weeks to maybe three months. Sam says, what did you originally say before? Did you, you, cause you had a pretty wide range. I think I originally said like 10,000 years. It was like truly a purgatory experience for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so after we watched the movie, I would say at least 10 years. I'm saying like a like a life maybe not because I kept saying a lifetime last night maybe fifty years I I would say fifty years he is stuck in the Puxatani time loop. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take that. So here's the reasons that I really wanted to talk. Like I was encouraged because I I was really worried that after we would watch this I would kind of like be like I don't really know if this is if there's enough to talk about but. For me, there is because it's it's the amount of phases that he goes through. And honestly, like, there's so many different, like, metaphors you could put to this movie. Like, one of the things that I that showed up a lot for me was that he was basically playing Scrooge over again. Because he, like, Bill Murray obviously played that role. Because yeah. there it's just him being this, like, ungrateful, cold, terrible person to everybody. And I thought it, like, seemed very, like, karmic punishment of, like, you're going to learn from this no matter what it takes. And then... When you go through all of the things that he goes through and all of the things that he learns about the people, he's also, like, seeming to go through the stages of grief where, it, like, he gets to the point where he gets very reckless. He gets to the point where he starts playing God with people's lives. Mm-hmm. There's so many different phases that he goes through until he finally comes to this, like, weird peace and, like, becomes a good person. It's, like, a very strange... It's, like, a very, like, Siddhartha-esque... <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot to be said of, like, how much he's supposed to learn about, like, being the river. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I said, see, and it, we talked about this a lot last night, too, of kind of what I was pulling out of it was, like, oh, he's just rolling from the Dark Tower series. Okay. <laughs> okay. He just has to keep, I, I guess, sort of spoiler alert for uh, the Dark Tower. It's the giant time loop, too. Sorry if... You haven't, yeah. you haven't finished those 18 trillion pages of that yeah. <laughs> uh, Which series. I'm sorry if you haven't picked it up but, yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, oh, like he's caught in this time loop of all he has to do is the right thing once, but the nature of him being there is because he isn't ever going to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is I, I, I think... 
there are parts of this that I almost thought hadn't aged okay, and I was I was thinking he was getting like weirdly exploitative. But even the character himself redeems that behavior in later days because he starts to self-regulate the amount that of information that he learns about people when they're like on days that he has like more vulnerable days with people and he learns a whole sh like shit ton about them on days that he sees them and that like they don't obviously they don't remember any of this because to them it's just like a normal fucking day which that's another thing too is like where I have a lot of like sci-fi questions of, like I want continuity questions answered about this movie because like the rest of these people who are not aware that they are <laughs> repeating the day what's happening to the world's lives around them? Like, what is happening to the rest of the... Or is he the only... Or is, like, the whole world repeating and not aware of it, and he's the only one aware of it? Well, that's... My big question in that regard was that day that he ended up... Well, I mean, he killed himself a thousand times in this movie. Yeah. But, like, the day that Cabin Boy and not Elaine Bennis were <laughs> looking at his body at the morgue. Yeah. And, like, how does that play out, and when does... Like, are they just tulpas of themselves? Are they, like, holograms? That are was, any of these people real? That was another thing we talked about, because, uh... Not... <laughs> not Elaine Bennis. Um, sorry. Andy McDowell, at one point, stays after midnight and is in his room until, like, three in the morning. And he seems to only have it happen when the clock turns 6 a.m. Because that's when his alarm goes off. And, like, a, there's, like, the same repeat of every day. And that's kind of how you know he's still stuck in that loop. Oh, see, I read that as him kind of nodding off for a second. I also read it like that. But she was there until, like, I mean, she stayed until, like, 3 in the morning. Yeah. So, for me, I don't really think it happens at 5.15. Like, I don't, maybe it does happen in that... Oh, because they did do that one slow motion shot where like the 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 clickers of the numbers came down on the alarm clock really slowly between five fifty nine and six a.m. So maybe that's when it resets. Yeah, like how an Animal Crossing, as soon as it hits five a.m., your day, no matter what you're doing, will go to Isabel's screen because five a.m. is when the new day restarts there. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> but like, I want to know when that point is in this world because, like you're saying, and on those days that. Okay, he kills he kills himself several... I mean, there's hundreds of days where he kills himself, tries to do it in ways where his body won't be salvageable to see if it'll, like, keep repeating, right? So one of those times, it's like... It happens in, like, the afternoon. It's broad daylight outside while they're identifying his body that same day, the producer and the cameraman. And one thing Sam and I asked each other was, like, what happens to the rest of the days of the people that are all around him? If the day is going to reset, what, like, does he, does his body wait until 6 a.m. of, like, what would be the next day for everybody else and then it resets? Or does he start the nightmare over again? Is it a nightmare? Is it a punishment? What the fuck is going on? What type of eldritch horror is Puxatani <laughs> hiding underneath it? Like, I mean, what in the literal fuck, Dana? Though, as you're talking, I'm just realizing that Bill Murray condemned this entire town to, like, a thousand-year purgatory. Yeah. That's, like, it's not like there's other copies of those people. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about something else, too? Go for it. I've never noticed it before. I think there's something truly, like, evil going on in this town. 
all those like the weird little Jack the Ripper club that like Brian Dole, Doyle Murray's in, like all the guys like presiding over Phil, who's a pretty shady character himself. I think Phil is the uh, the magic behind the curtain. He's a Diedrich Prince. He's a Diedrich. <laughs> you know what? Punxsutawney Phil is a Diedrich motherfucking prince. That's mm-hmm. that's our judgment on this. I mean, all those weird top hat guys are clearly in like a Kabbalistic situation somewhere. I honestly think they there might be like a Punxsutawney Phil cult, and that everybody in the town was picking up on. Maybe nobody else in the town is like super aware of it. Because everybody, it's like actually not repeating and it's a Truman Show situation. Well, no, no, nobody aged. Obviously he killed himself, but like maybe they are a like type of cult that like has the type of magic to bring him back. Because what if everybody in the town picked up on his shittiness and was like, no, you're not leaving here till you learn. I, I really hope I'm misunderstanding you. Are you <laughs> saying right now that... You think that there is a cabal. No. No, wait, wait, wait. Let me finish. Mm -hmm. There is magic. Mm -hmm. Brian Dole Murray and Doyle Murray and his compatriots are Truman showing Bill Murray. Uh And that they're not actually caught in a time loop. They're paying actors to pretend no, to be... No, I don't think they're paying actors. Oh, I think, okay. I think Sorry, I thought... No, no, no. I think <laughs> really gonna all, have to, like... No, 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 no. I think they're all part of the cult, and I think they're all part of the magic. I think Punxsutawney Phil, the... What is he? A groundhog. It's a groundhog. <laughs> that, the groundhog is actually in charge of the town. Wrote it me and the, the top hat dudes do his bidding. They're his familiars. They're his familiars. <laughs> okay. That, okay. That's my... If we're going to talk, like, supernatural situation, that's my supernatural hypothesis for Groundhog Day. Well, where's Puxatani still from, Dana? Under the earth, obviously. But he's... Is he... <laughs> I mean, like... Is he is Puxatani Phil... He's it, older than time, Sam. Let me finish. <laughs> is Puxatani Phil... A groundhog. Yes. What? Wait, 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 wait. What? Wait, wait, what wait, are you wait, telling wait, me wait, right now? He's a magic. He's a magic groundhog. <laughs> he's like Gandalf, but in a in a groundhog. You know, like Salem the cat and Sabrina the teenage witch. I'm about to blow a gasket. <laughs> Why? I... <laughs> I married you. Listen, listen. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying you. You think Groundhog's Day is about a magic? <laughs> I don't re, literal a, a magic literal groundhog. Uh huh. No, that I don't. has ageless Cthulhu-like uh-huh. powers that yeah. that sleep that <laughs> that control the people in the town to punish the weatherman from the local big city. I need another chicken sandwich. <laughs> I need a nap. Yeah. Okay. I need the world not, not to be a dystopian hellscape. Listen, that's the thing, is in this dystopian hellscape, everything I'm saying makes sense. But what I was trying to say is not that I think that that's absolutely what the case is. I'm saying it doesn't have to not be the case. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's there's not- still quite an awful lot we don't know about the groundhog. <laughs> 
Okay. Okay. Honestly, we found some common ground here. We there's a lot we do not know about the groundhog and groundhogs today. We both of our favorite colors are colors. We've found something to agree on. Is kind of where we were at. Don't you dare talk down to me, Dan Sweden. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um I do feel like I I think that you have made the full transition to like believing my perspective on this, but what to you was the turning point? That's a stretch. What? Oh, I thought you meant no, about the magic groundhog theory. <laughs> not, not my magic groundhog. <laughs> you mean about it being a horror movie. Yeah, I mean about Groundhog Day being a horror movie. Oh, I'm shook. It was... I didn't realize how many actual dark moments there were. Yeah. The, it's, mean, it's all a dark moment. That's... Remember, this is what I was saying. From the first day he wakes up and realizes, like, wait, why are they repeating the DJ? Like, from the, the first moment of skepticism, he's already, like, uncanny valley, like, not really realizing what's going... Like, he's immediately distressed. Yeah. He he is, but I, but I mean, even... Even outside of that, like, there are some, like, dark night of the soul moments Bill Murray goes through in this movie. More than you'd think. Yeah. Or even just, there are, for me, there was a lot of, like, really subtle things of just, like, the implied time going by Mm -hmm. in certain scenes. Like, the darkest scene in the entire movie, to me, is him learning how to play the piano. Yeah. Because... That man put his 10,000 hours in to become a master. Yeah. Like, that scene implies, like, a decade stuck in purgatory learning how to play the damn piano. Yeah. So I think that's a big thing, too, about how this movie's so genius, is they would do 30-second shots of, like, dialogue between him and another character, where in those 30 seconds, he depicts and shows very clearly... And speaks for about another decade of time that he's spent there. Like, he'll just say in passing things that he'll, like, know. Like, that scene where he's walking through the diner and he knows every person's, like, life story and aspirations and, like, personal vulnerability. doesn't know it. He has time to memorize it and to link it all together. Yeah, and, like, paint a story of the town. Like, I think that's one of the most, like, insane things is that... By that final culminating scene, the reason that he can help so many people in this, like, one day that he's awake is it, and that also, to tie in other media here, it reminds me a lot of, like, Fifty First Dates, where... That movie's a horror movie, too. That's, that's one of the thing, ones I was yeah. thinking about for, like, oh, if we were going to cover more than one movie on, oh, this horror movie, this comedy's actually horror. That was definitely one I was thinking about, too. That's actually a really good one, too, and it definitely, it plays on the same concept, because... I know this one isn't about a memory issue, but it kind of is because everybody else in the town is not aware of it. And clearly his memory is different because he's remembering that we're just repeating this fucking day and everybody else is resetting with the day. So it's kind of the opposite in a weird way of Fifty First Dates because he's not resetting and everybody else is like totally okay with it. And she resets every single day Mm -hmm. and everybody else moves forward. So the same way that by the time, like, at the end of the movie, Adam Sandler's little, like, intro video to, like, wake her up, imagine being this, like, person who goes to bed thinking you're, like, a young person, whatever. You wake up, 
you're much older, you have children, you're married, you're on a boat in the middle of, like, an iceberg, apparently. Sorry, I forgot you were still talking I'm about talking 50 First Dates for a second. I know. Like, that's not a Groundhog's Day. None of that is, none of this is in Groundhog's Day. But, like, that, the the way that the video that he makes for her, at the, I always wondered in that closing scene when she comes out to, like, greet her kids and stuff, how long is the fucking video that she watches? But because the one he makes her at the very beginning is like, hey... You know, you have this memory problem. This is what happened. This is the accident. And he catches her up, right? By the end of that, how long is that video and how traumatizing is it to relive all of that and, like, regain your whole life in that morning? And he kind of has to do this, like, weird thing where he now knows all... Like, by the time he memorizes all these people's schedules and he's... Uh, now I'm back to uh, Groundhog's Day. Oh, I know. I know. Um, when he's running down the street to go catch that kid who falls out of the tree... Mm-hmm. Like in those moments where he knows every terrible thing that's going to happen to these people and he has to make these decisions of like, where am I going to be at what time of the day? And that's happening in one town. Can you imagine on like a, on a bigger scale if this was happening? That would be crazy. Sorry, that's like a really weird question. <laughs> that was such a damn question. <laughs> well, just because like, I mean, he's, well, okay, do you remember, do you remember, the, I don't remember what it was called, but there was a show I think in like the late 90s early 2000s where that guy got the following day's paper and he would go through it and like save people based on like the crime stories in it i have literally no idea what you're talking okay about. well it was this i don't remember what it was called but he would get the he would get the paper of the following day and it was like this weird like supernatural thing and he would go around spending that day like having that like undoing those things and the stories I think would either disappear or they would change or something. What if I just told you I didn't believe you right now? Um, I would pause this fucking recording <laughs> and find it for you because you would actually like the show. But it's I, I feel like it's that same concept where he would have those conflicts in the show all the time of like these two things are happening at the same time. Who am I gonna save? Yeah. You know what I mean? Why well, totally hear you. It's like one whole other layer of issues with this. <laughs> I think what you even like what you're getting at is like the amount of engagement he's had with the town over time like sort of almost implies that there's been like years if not decades of like like insanity to like kind of match the sanity if that makes sense like it doesn't talk about like the years he clearly has to have gone feral has to have, like, gone insane and, like, got, like, also, like, cycled yeah. out of it. Like, just the amount of time he's spent there. I mean, even, like, I had always taken it as a joke, to be honest with you, every time I had seen it, until this time, when he talks to, is it Annie McDo- not Andy talks McDo- to not Elaine Bennis uh-huh. about... How if she wants to get good at throwing cards into a hat, she needs to practice four to six hours for six months every day. Yeah. And I think he's being literal. No, Sam, I, I <laughs> turned to I turned to you and I could not like my jaw was I I could not believe him even saying that because there's so many subtle, minuscule, throwaway references to like six months to a year to two year projects, right? So I want to, I'm going to change my estimate. I said 10 years. I'm going to say like 15, 20 years. Like he was there for a, a I maybe a lifetime. See, a lifetime? I, <laughs> I still think we're, well, I'm also kind of, cha- I think I'm changing my position again too. I think he was there for like a thousand years. Okay. I don't think 
I mean, a thousand years is a long time. No, but to because I straight up think he went crazy for long periods of time. I think I think what they don't show you is such large expanses of time. Yeah, and also something that maybe they just didn't get into because I don't Harold Ramis isn't really this type of like dark director, but like. Let's not forget, okay, so they show him successfully killing himself a bunch of times. There's probably has to have been many days where he didn't succeed and, like, horribly maimed him. There's, like, so many days that I think that they don't go over the amounts of days that he probably didn't get out of bed, exactly what you're talking about, like, him going feral, like... I'm just reiterating your point exactly that what they don't show speaks even more because it's the broad strokes it takes for him to learn piano that well. He learns languages. He learned French. How many tens of times do you think he burned the town down Ooh, out of desperation? I didn't like, even consider I was like, that. I, it, you know what bothers me? Why he doesn't. Try no, didn't he, they try to do this one day where he did? Was there ever a day where he left very early in the morning to try to leave the town before the storm? I think they sort of not that directly, but they sort of referenced it, and it's sort of just like that, like Ash in the first like Evil Dead movie, you just like can't get out type of thing. Yeah, because I think they don't they don't let him. They they say like, oh, we have to leave immediately after, and I think that that's the episode where he goes to the cafe. They record it without him. It's, like, pretty early on. It's, yeah. like, the second day it happens. I mean, and also, let's not, like, <clears throat> as fun as it is to, like, put all this crazy shit into this movie, like, it's not terribly well thought out. I mean, like, no, it's not. Like, no, it's not. It's no. not like they thought, like, I mean, there's it's not no... a sci-fi movie. It's not supposed to be this, like psychological thriller to be clear they never give a clear reason as to why he's stuck (laughs) in this loop or as to how he escapes it okay here's the thing though i remember saying this to you more spoilers coming up what he what the when it finally does break because at the end it does break it's the day that he ends up saying to not only to andy mcdowell um, his character says to her, uh, it doesn't matter, like, when or where this is, because I know that I myself am happy, and I honestly think, like, as corny as that is, like, Harold Ramis was, like, a really so sweet director, and, like, I think there's, um, there's a lot to be said for it kind of being this, like, idea of him needing personal growth, and needing to know that, like, that weird anger and discomfort that he had of like I need to get out of this town I need to go back to my element like that whole thing of like not being happy where you are that like that wasn't going to change until you were happy with yourself and I know that I'm throwing like a lot of like deep philosophy into it but that like when it broke was when he finally was like no fuck it like I'm I'm making the best of my situation yeah and I don't know like I'm probably just making it too like moralistic but it might also just be because he finally got in those pants (laughs) I was thinking way more along the lines of like Oh, like, some TikTok witches from the future in, like, 2020 (laughs) were combating the forces of Puxatawney Phil and, like, his eldritch monstrosities. Okay. And, um, yeah, there was a big, there was a big fight, like, people's top hats fell off. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Phil sprained a paw. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, COVID happened. In 2020. In 2020. That's also Puxatani Phil's that, fault. You know, honestly, you guys, I think we'll know where to find the vaccine. Mm-hmm. We've, we've solved it. 
I think Bill Murray might have traded his freedom for our health. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! And that's, that's why he has to step into the Dark Tower all over again. And just live it out over and over until yeah. he finds his mistake. Yeah. Also, there's a point where he starts doing that, too. Bill Murray's character starts doing, like, I I don't know if he's doing it on purpose to, like, oh, there's, like, something I need to atone for, or if it's because he genuinely feels bad, but there's that, like, that old man who, like, spoiler, he ends up dying. I mean, he, I Does think, he ever? I mean, I know, does I don't, he, I don't think, think he ever so. saves him, right? I don't right? think he ever saves him. That's another think, one of those weird holes. It's I think, like... no, I think that's supposed to be one of those lessons, is that, like, he thinks there's something he can do to change that man's fate. And like, yes, that man was homeless. And it, I don't, obviously the exposure did not contribute to his health in any way. But also when he took him to the hospital, they said like, he died of old age. Like he died. There's obviously just... the exposure expediated that and made it a lot worse. But the man was an old man. Like he, he died of old age. So it was kind of this thing where no matter how many times he did that for a long time too. He like, that was one of those other cycles he was on where day after day he tried to save him in different ways and like it never worked because it wasn't supposed that wasn't I think that was trying to tell him that like that's not why you're here. Exactly. It's, it, if yeah, if I can kind of like pull anything from oh how or why he got out, it seems to be like, oh, he got out after he stopped fighting. Yeah. Like do you know what I mean? Once he kind of just let things exist as they needed to exist. Yeah. Again, there's no fucking clear answer. <laughs> and that's the thing, too, is, like, I also wonder, like, am I just giving all of this, like, so much... And I, I, I feel bad, because, like, most of the work that I did was just, you know, re-watching it and, like, looking it up a little bit. Maybe there's... I'm sure there's a lot of actual in-depth research into this, because we live in a really cool media world, and oh, I'm sure. sure someone has, like, written a paper about it. But um, I, I wonder, too, if there's... If there is any, like, reasoning or, like, known fan theory or, like, known... Like, information given after. Because, you know, obviously two directors and actors will talk about that. Yeah, like, if anybody knows, hit us up. Hit We'd us love up. to find something out like that. Talk talk to us about it. Maybe there's, like, some secret world where this is actually one of the ghosts that got sucked in from Ghostbusters. And this is the life inside of the canister. How dare you. Would you like to wrap it up? Yeah, sure. honestly... Yeah, let's wrap it up. Let's let's wrap it up and save it for later like a good deli sandwich. <laughs> to minimize the risk of us getting caught in our own Groundhog's Day like situation. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up here. Yes. Um, I I'm so shook from this movie, Dana. Like this was a good idea. I'm going to put up a poll. I'm going to probably wait until I release this episode. But I'm going to put up a poll on the Weird Vibes Instagram and ask if you have seen this, if you think that Groundhog's Day is a horror movie. We want to hear from you and um, hear your opinions about this movie. And also, if you have other movies that you can think of or TV shows that kind of reflect this idea that is funny or is some other genre, but in all actuality is like really fucking scary and Mm -hmm. not something you want to live in. Also, and send us like your funny horror movies and funny spooky shit because... I think we are going to do some sort of, like, Halloween hoot nanny as far as weird, weird vibes goes. But I think um, we both got fucked up last year from watching so many horror movies. Yeah. And I want to be a little bit kinder to myself. And I think Dana wants to be a little bit kinder to herself this yeah. year. So I think we're going to be, like, hitting a lot of Adam's Family and Ghostbusters and... Playing it light this year. Yeah. 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 Obviously, we will be watching some horror movies. Don't get us wrong. Obviously. 
Um, but, the Greasy Strangler is going to be in there, oh obviously. God, yeah. Um, October's coming up, so let us know if you have any new suggestions, any old favorites. All of it. We want to hear from you. Dude, don't let anyone tell you fucking Halloween's canceled, because it's not. It's not. We got it. We got it for you. Mm-hmm. How does, how does that old saying go again? How, how does that saying go? Bring out the stone, bring out the stone tablets. Here, let me, um... Let's find it. Uh, it's, in, it's in the language of the old gods. How do we, uh... Ah, here it is. This is weird vibes. Turkeys get cooked. Baka. 